welcome to another episode of PR Girl Rant, the podcast for all public relations professionals and those wanting to get into PR. PR Girl Rant is a safe platform for all public relations professionals, whether independent or in-house, to talk about the industry or rant about whatever grinds their gears. Also, the fun, wacky spirals and insane shenanigans that engulfs us each day and keeps us coming back for more. Ready to rant? Let's go. On today's episode of PR Girl Rant, I'll be talking about one of my pet peeves and a subject that grinds my gears, being ghosted by editors, reporters, and journalists. And when I say ghosted, I mean that, just think about it. You've crafted what you think is the perfect pitch and angle. You've researched each outlet and their beat, topics, and everything that they cover. You send it out and you wait and wait and not a near response. You may get a few bounce backs as reporters move very often, but you continue to hope and pray that someone will respond. Then nothing happens. It's a ghost town, Cricketsville. For many of us PR professionals, we are pitching several outlets a day. So we do our best to get it right. I'm not a newbie at this, and I'd like to think I'm okay at this media relations thing. (laughs) So then finally, out of all the emails you've sent, maybe a day or two later, you get a response. And they're interested. You get so excited, you respond with lightning speed because you don't want to lose the momentum. The reporter just sent you an email, so you say to yourself, let me catch them right now. And you do. Woohoo! Now it's time to lock in the details. Day and time for the interview, advanced questions, etc. You do your best to give them all they need to avoid the back and forth. Because you know how this is going to go. You don't want to lose them. You've been here before. So you're like, let me give them everything they need. Let me ask them what they need and try to lock in these dates. Then the unthinkable happens. The reporter completely goes radio silent and doesn't respond back. Now you feel defeated and frustrated. You've told your team, and of course you told the the client that there's interest and all they do week after week in your weekly meetings is asking you Did we lock in this interview yet? When is this interview coming out? Stuff like that. And all you can say is, I will continue to follow. To follow up. It's one thing to be ghosted by reporters, journalists, editors, etc. that you don't know. But when it's someone that you know or have some sort of relationship with, it's the worst. It's the pits. Again, as a PR rep, we're doing our jobs and we're trying to do the best that we can to get the hits that our clients want or that we've planned out for. All we want isn't possibly, I got this or it's not the right fit. 
It might be a bit much to ask, but personally, I feel it would be a great publicist to editor relationship to have. It would eliminate the constant following up, constant calling you more than once, you know, and then the editor thinking, oh, this girl's a nag. I'm just saying it would be great. The worst is when you know you have a great pitch, a good story. Like this happened to me literally about a month ago, more than a month ago, two months ago. I had a great story. I'm working with a great company and they have great content. And I pitch, I get the reporter on the phone. I get the editor on the phone and we're going back and forth with, you know, we like it. It's a great idea. When can we set up an interview? You know, and I'm like, whenever you're ready, like, let me know what else you need. I actually talked to the editor, possibly, I want to say more than three times on the phone. And I'm like, wow, I'm catching on the phone and we're interacting and we have like a good, you know, back and forth. And then she's been traveling. So I get that. She told me she was traveling. She gave me like her itinerary. I'll be back. You know, we really like connected. And guess what, guys? I'm still waiting. As you can tell, me breathing hard, it's like something that just grinds my gears. And it's like, how can we, you know, fix this situation? Like, what's the best way to do things? Because this is what we do. You know, we pitch, we wait for responses. It's a lot of wait and see. It's like a waiting room. So right before I decided to do this episode and rant about this, about being ghosted, a colleague of mine sent me this study done by Muckrack with journalists in the USA as well as globally. And the title of the study was The State of Journalism. There were some questions that I found that were, you know, wow, great questions. They were definitely interesting. One was, how are journalists using social media? Where do they find their news? How do journalists work with PR professionals and what's the best ways to pitch them? So these were great questions because these, you know, I thought would help me kind of figure out what's the best way, you know, how can I do better? Because it's a two-way street. How can I do better? How can I help the reporter? How can I help, you know, get, just get this interaction and, you know, work better with editors. Some of the findings were things that I knew Like I know that journalists do not like mass emails or phone call follow-ups. They definitely don't like that. And half the time you can't get them on the phone anyway. But what was enlightening to me was to see the percentages. Some other results were the best times to pitch, which some of the stuff that I do. So 40% of journalists like to be pitched between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. 25% of them like to be pitched between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. I've done a little bit of both. Since many of um, PR professionals are pitching more than one client, it's great to get a leg up sometimes. So we pitch in the morning so that we can have time for other things or we just like to map out a day. I mean, I know that I do that because in my mind, I'm thinking if I send a pitch out early, it's at the top of their email box and, you know, they'll see it. But I'm sure others are thinking the same. If this study was done, I'm sure other people are doing the same, but it's just something that I do. It was interesting to see where journalists find their news. 
So online newspapers were tops and magazines were at the top of the list. Um, social media was huge as well. Because I guess, you know, with social media, you see what people are talking about. You see what's trending. So Twitter is huge. And personally, I've recently started pitching to journalists via Twitter. And from my, you know, understanding is that they don't mind it. And some of them even put this in their bio saying, you know, you can DM. So yes, I've slipped into a few editors' DMs here and there. With some great results, you know, I'm still treading lightly because it's like sometimes you just don't know, but I see it as a place, according to the survey as well, we as um, publishers should be looking at that as well and seeing who, you know, what editors and reporters are open to that. So back to my ghosting theory. So I've always, you know, I always want to know why are my pitches being rejected or not, you know, why I'm not getting callbacks and answers. Is there something that I'm not doing or that I'm doing? The three areas in the survey, um, the study that came up was one, lack of personalization, bad timing, which I think I fall into that category sometimes because most recently I'm pitching a story um, on a famous um, celebrity or somebody that's well-known in the public eye there's been a couple of stories about the person and then here I come with, you know, some ad- additional information that I think they can um, use, but they've already written so much and it's just like throughout all the tabloids and, um, you know, so you just feel like, should I send this again to this reporter? They're going to think like, I just wrote about this person. Why would I do it again? But it's, it is new information, but at the same time, they've just written about that person. A third, um, thing is lengthy pitches they definitely don't like to read pitches that are very long so maximum three paragraphs I try to stick to about two depending on whatever you know what it is um I also do links to things because that helps the reporters you know and the journalists not um you know not to clutter the email so they're not seeing too much jargon but if I link certain words to an article or to something else it's very helpful. So I link things to Google Docs and things of that nature. I try not to do pictures. Um, you know, I try to do a lot of links to things or Dropbox or something like that to make it easier. Also confusing subjects, titles. So that also catches them. So I try to do things that make my subject, um, especially if it's newsy. So like if it's a red carpet, I make sure I put red carpet or the celebrity's name, um, just something eye-catching. Um, I definitely put those in my subject line. Honestly, I feel like reporters are just not reading emails sometimes. Um, And maybe they're adding some publicists to like a list, you know, I don't know what it's called, but like a spam list or something like that. That's just my theory. That's just my, you know, my ghosted theory. But um, seriously, I literally received one time an auto response from a report I was pitching something for a CES um, in Vegas. It was like their tech show. And I got a response back saying something like, um, if I receive your email and it's not about X topics, I will send your emails to spam list and like kind of block you. So I don't know. It's just, you know, it's a catch 22. Um, so again, you know, follow-ups are great. 
I learned through the study that 93% of journalists still prefer emails as a preferred method to follow up. Um, but again, they don't respond. So if you prefer that, then respond with something, you know, I don't know. Phone calls again are no, they never pick up the phone anyway. So, and half the time the mailbox are full or, you know, so that's that theory there. I also learned that, um, 73% of journalists are okay with receiving follow-up pitches if they didn't initially respond to it but not ongoing. So maybe one time, you know, you send an email today, you sent the pitch out today, maybe you follow up one time, two or three days later, but that's just about it. So they don't mind it, but they don't want to be inundated. Um, so it, it's, it's really difficult sometimes just to know what people, you know, what these editors want sometimes. Just something, you just, you know, trial and error sometime or just, hey, Another interesting fact that I found according to the study is that 58% of journalists find companies and professionals, PR companies, sorry, credible. And then 37% find agency and um, PR professionals credible. So I guess I fall into the 37%. And what that tells me is that they're not getting the news from PR professionals at all. So they're definitely not getting it from me as an independent, although I do have um, you know, newsworthy content, etc. But they're definitely not looking there. We might be sort of, I'm guessing, a backup if it's something that's, you know, depending what I'm pitching, I'm kind of in the lifestyle, um, you know, category. I do some beauty and some professional stuff, but it sounds like they're really not looking to PR people as like the source. So again, I think that as a PR professional, we definitely look, have to look at social media more and see what journalists are covering and kind of read their feeds and see what best suits them and kind of keep track of them. It's a lot to cover, but definitely keep track of that to see what's trending on what they're working on and sort of build that relationship and get, you know, creative pitching. You know, you got to get creative every time. Yeah. So, you know, lack of responses is frustrating and hard to explain to someone that needs an update every week because we do have meetings every week and we have to give our daily, you know, daily reports and where we are and, you know, what the feedback has been. So whether it's for your team, your boss or your client, they want that feedback. But there are a few things to keep in mind before you quit. So I'm not saying to quit. If this is your job and your passion and you love PR, you know, I have one foot in and one foot out sometime, but it, I do like it and I'm here, but I just have to find different ways to kind of combat these issues. So, you know, so before you quit, remember that timing is critical when pitching. Remember, you're not the only source in the world with the story idea. You may be pitching something that has already been pitched, but try to find, you know, what angles work or what information the reporter really needs or does not have that can add to the piece, or maybe they're doing a follow-up story. It can be very difficult to know what's interesting to them. You know, every journalist, you can't know what they need at every moment, but we do our best. I've had reporters reach out to me on something that I pitched weeks ago, even months ago. 
after my initial pitch. So, you know, you just never know what they're working on. Also trust your instinct. If you're not getting a response, you know, in a timely fashion or because it's, if your pitch is timely and you're not getting a response, then you just got to look at that and see how you can, you know, rework your story. Um, but sometimes we have to send that pitch out. It's like, okay, let's go. Everybody's pushing. It's like, let's get it out. Let's get it out. Let's get it out. So there's a caveat to that, but don't hesitate to ask your colleagues what they think. I have a group of friends that I always run things by because you want other ideas, especially with somebody like myself an independent, like myself, where you work alone, you often, you know, are talking to yourself (laughs) to the four walls. And, um, you want to make sure that you're just like, you know, you can see other angles, see it differently. So it's good to run ideas by others. Even if, if it's someone that's not in the field that you are, especially someone that can see it from the consumer side or, you know, someone that has nothing to do with your work. Like they're not a publicist, but they're just like, oh, I can see that. And they can be like, oh, that's an interesting piece. And they want to hear more. So it's good to do that as well. I do that sometimes. So no doubt being a publicist can be stressful, but don't take any of this personally. You're doing your best and just, you know, I got to tell myself that at the same time. (laughs) And at the end of the day, you know, when you're done, get a drink, find a colleague or someone you could rant to about your crazy day, crazy client, or that reporter who ghosted you and just have a rant fest. And that's where I am with that. It's just, you know, sometimes how when you've been doing it for so long and um, the responses that you're getting are not what you, what you, you know, are looking for and people are, you know, behind you to get the responses. It can be daunting, to say the least. But, you know, I'm sure I'll probably continue to get ghosted here and there. But it is what it is, and it's part of the job, right? So thanks again for tuning in. And until then, keep on ranting. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of PR Girl Rant. I hope you enjoyed. Please like and subscribe. And if you have any questions or interested in any topics regarding PR, please don't hesitate to send them in. I'll definitely answer you back. Thank you and until next time. Bye.